0: One of our friends of the show, Jimmy McKay, AKA PT Podcast on Twitter, or Instagram, he has a big following of physical therapists and he posed a question that I thought was really, that we both thought was really interesting. And he started it off with what is missing and in the DPT curriculum. So in the DPT curriculum, we hit on a lot of different things, anatomy and physiology, exercise, phys, pain science, neuroscience, research, kinesiology, all kinds of things uh, condense into a two to three year period, depending on where you go on your clinical rotations. But the question of what is missing is an interesting one because there's so much information that you get that you still sometimes as a new grad, you still feel like you need more. Welcome to the Key and Mang audio experience where you're here from two up-and-coming therapists looking to enhance the lives of listeners by addressing health, wealth, lifestyle, and overall growth. Tune in to hear the latest lessons learned on the Key and Mang audio experience.
1: This episode is brought to you by Varela Financial, the experts in student loan repayment solutions. Not sure what to do with your student loans? That's how we felt before scheduling the free call with Varela Financial, where they helped us create plans based on our lifestyle and goals.
0: For more information, check them out at www.vermellafinancial.com or click the link in the description to schedule your free call today. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Key and Mang audio experience. I'm your host, Mang, as always, and my fellow co host, Key. Key, what's good? What's up, Mang? How are you? I'm living great. How are you? Living lavish. Living lavish. We love to hear it. For this one, this is our first this or that for 2024, and I think it's a really good one that you came up with, and I'm going to be curious to hear what your thoughts are, but would you rather be really good at sales or be really good at the skill that you, that is being sold?
1: This is hard. This is a hard question, but I feel like I'm going to go with being really good at sales just because that's my current goal right now and i feel like you can be really good at what you do but if you don't know how to like persuade people to like buy into your program or persuade people to sign up and like understand psychology is going to be hard for people to get into your world and i do see the opposite being important as well but i think that a lot of people who are really good at what they do don't necessarily know how to sell or market their skill or their product to to get more eyes on them so that's what i'm gonna go with now and i know you're not gonna agree
0: yeah but it's hard to not agree with what you're saying because i totally understand your viewpoint and where you're coming from uh just in my in my head though i'm like if i'm really good at the skill all i need is one person to see that i deliver on the product. And I know if you're good at selling, you can get more people to come see your stuff and get to know your product. But if I get one person to to invest in whatever it is that I'm skillful at, they're going to tell their friends, they're going to tell their family, they're going to tell whoever if they're having a similar problem. And then that's my business because I deliver on what I say I am going to deliver on. I feel like there's some instances where you can be a great salesman or saleswoman, and then you're don't deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on. So then if that's the case, then it don't really matter if you're good at sales because you're not delivering on what you say you're going to deliver on. And then that's the word, that's the reputation that gets put out about you. And then, you know, you lose business that way. So I guess if I had to pick one or the other, because I guess I wasn't, it wasn't implied whether the sales, you're good at the skill as well, or if you're good at the skill, you're not good at sales. So. I'm going to take it for how it is. I'm going to say I'll take the skill and be really good at the skill and let that be my marketing. Let that be my selling.
1: No, it makes sense. I agree. because there's but so many times you could mess up on delivering the product <laughs> and this be like, Oh, Hey, I'm good at this. And I'm good at selling. You should join, but I'm not going to deliver. So, but yeah, initially that's what, that's what I'm going to say, but it's no, you know, it's no perfect answer.
0: No, I think you could go, you could go either way. Like with a lot of these you just need some context and you're kind of making up the the context in your own and what you see so i think it's uh it's interesting, That's what makes interesting it fun. exactly exactly because how you think is different than how i think and whoever listening to this they might have a different opinion as well and that that is what makes it fun being able to hear different thoughts different opinions different perspectives so i like it but on this we got um one of our friends at the show Jimmy McKay, a.k.a. PT Podcast, on Twitter or Instagram, he has a big following of physical therapists, and he posed a question that I thought was real, that we both thought was really interesting, and he started it off with what is missing and in the DPT curriculum. So in the DPT curriculum, we hit on a lot of different things, anatomy and physiology, exercise phys, pain science, neuroscience, research, kinesiology, all kinds of things uh, condense into a two to three year period, depending on where you go, on your clinical rotations. But the question of what is missing is an interesting one, because there's so much information that you get that you still sometimes as a new grad, you still feel like you need more, like you need more to be prepared for what's going actually going to be in the real world and not what's in the book, what's in the book that's not always happen in real life. So how do we lessen the or bridge the gap I guess you could say from what you get in school versus what you're going to see in real life. So I thought the what is missing from the DPT curriculum was an interesting question and I'm going to throw it to you Keith first. What do you think is missing from the DPT curriculum currently?
1: I just want to say that answering this question I feel like you're going to get so many different answers based on like what field or setting you go into within physical therapy. So Me personally, I feel like what what was missing and what is still missing in a DPT curriculum is, yes, um, exercise prescription in terms of like strength and conditioning. But I also feel like we need to be in PT students need to go through an actual strength and conditioning program while you're learning it, because it's very hard to be in the clinic work with clients and properly prescribe exercise without knowing what exercise feels like. Um, I think we just arbitrate, like we throw random reps and sets at clients and don't really know if it's effective. We don't know how it's going to feel. Um, so I think going through a program while you're learning it will kind of help with that. And I think that in my class, I kind of thrived with exercise prescription because I'm in the gym often, and that helped me not feel lost in that class. But I can't imagine going through PT school without ever going through a strength training program prior. Like I feel like that changes the entire experience.
0: Yeah. I think it depends on what program you go to because I there are some programs that have strength conditioning like classes or electives, or I'm sure I think there's one school in New York that requires you to have every student to have their CSCS, which is I think great. I hope NYU. they're covering it. I, yeah, I hope they're covering it though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like you know the argument of strength and conditioning. Like, if I work in inpatient, if I work in the hospital, I'm not going to need it. My patients aren't, you know, going to be lifting weights or anything. But I still think some of the principles can apply when you're talking about being able to knowing how to prescribe power exercises to decrease fall risk for someone who's been in the hospital for a while or understanding proper hinging mechanics for when you're having to transfer a max assist patient or you're having or things like that so understanding what positions you gotta get in to protect your body and being strong to be able to perform a max assist or you know being able to prescribe for your patient appropriate things that are going to help them when they're at home and not in the hospital bed is Why it's important that we all go through strength conditioning. It can appear in all facets of of the game, young, old, middle age. We can wear it applies to everybody. So I agree with this that you know we do need more. I don't want to say basic, but we do need a baseline understanding of strength conditioning as movement professionals. Um, So I think that's a that's a good point that you bring up. And my thing, I, I would have gone to this. There were people that commented, you know, business and sales and things like that. I think those are good things to have on, but you also have to have the right people teaching you that. Um, so I was trying to think about what was something that I wish I had in school now that I feel like would prepare me for the workforce now. And I came to being able to reverse engineer goals depending on the person in front of you and what's limiting them. So if I have someone who tore their ACL, being able to reverse engineer what it looks like, what criteria have to be met and not just looking at a piece of paper for a protocol, be like at three months, they should be good to run if they've met this and this and this, but being able to piece together the, they gotta be able to do this first and then they could do this, this, and they progress to this. And then we think about running and then we think about multi-directional speed and then we think about you know, returning to sport, returning to practice, Um, being able to have that experience before clinical starts so that when you get to clinical, you have a better idea of being able to think about, you know, why you're thinking, what you're thinking, what the progressions and regressions are going to be, what you're looking for. And I think it probably make it a lot easier on the student-CI relationship to make sure that get a better idea of where the student's at and why they're thinking, why they're thinking, how they're thinking what's going into their thought process. So I think being able to have more intentional focus on reverse engineering and goals, depending on where a person is at would be, would have been super beneficial and super helpful.
1: I agree. And I feel like, I don't know if your program did this, but my program definitely had us make a plan of care for like a post-op patient. But literally we just looked at the protocol and gave exercises that fit within that timeframe. But we never talked about like, hey, when is... Like, what's the criteria for discharging a brace? What's the criteria for um, getting off a crutch? When is it appropriate to start running based off of functional um, ability and not just um, time criteria? So I think when you go into the clinic and you're seeing post-op cases, technically we should have an idea of how to treat it, but we don't. And I feel like that's not a good spot to be as as a student in like an orthopedic Uh, Field, so I I I agree that reverse engineering a full plan of care would help with that, as opposed to just um, looking at a protocol that doesn't really give you too much insight into how to progress through it.
0: So I agree. And you know, I had to do something like this for my first clinical. I hated that clinical rotation, but I will say that this is probably the most helpful thing because I was seeing a lot of post-op ACL people with a ACL reconstruction. And so she had me timeline everything. Like, when should they come off the brace? What do you need to see for them to come off the brace? What needs to happen range of motion-wise? What do you need to think about dynamometer-wise strength testing? And what should be the response? Every single step of of the things that I was seeing, I had to write it down, present it to her. And that was helpful, but it's also like, I had to do that on my own time on top of clinical 40 hours a week. And it was, it was a lot, but it was helpful. Um, and so I think if for more common things that we see, whether it's a a labor repair, rotator cuff, FAI, you know, anything, whatever, just being able to reverse engineer and be able to talk about and think about what you need to see and how they're going to get there would be super helpful and I think beneficial long-term and back to your strength conditioning point, I just thought of this, um, like for my program, we had an elective strength conditioning elective and our electives for like once or twice a week for four weeks. And there were only 10 spots of a class of 70. So if you didn't get in, if you didn't sign in at 12 o'clock on the dot and click the, and click to the elective, you're missing out. And I was like, this is not how it should be. Like everyone should have equal access to equal access to the Electives and if they're trash, no one's gonna sign up for them, and you know. So then you gotta adjust and on the fly, not just force people to go into things that they don't want to do. Um. So that's my other added piece that I wanted to add on to the <laughs> the training conditioning. I like the training conditioning and DPD curriculums.
1: Yeah, and I also I what I want to say about your point is I feel like a lot of PT school is just keeping people safe, and I feel like at this point. The bar needs to be higher. Like it's not about keeping people safe. It's about like progressing people and letting them like really thrive at the level they're at. And I feel like having students go into the clinic without any knowledge besides safety precautions is doing them a disservice. Like we don't just want to be safe. It's like push people within the appropriate time frames, appropriate context. So that's that's kind of the thing looking back that kind of annoyed me. And then um I was lucky that my school had a actual elective for training and conditioning, and I feel like it aligned pretty well with the CSCS. But I think that that should just be a class that is that's um, required like we're required to take research. Most people don't fucking go into research like that can easily be swapped out like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's a lot of things we take in PT school that doesn't need to be taken. So, I definitely think strength and conditions should be in there and actually have people go into a, go through a program while they're learning it.
0: For sure. And I I think to your your safety point, if all you know is how to make sure that nobody falls, and I think the expectation from your CI is that you've been exposed to all the stuff in school when you actually haven't. You just know the things you got to look for to make sure that someone's not, you know, their blood pressure is not dropping or they're not a fall risk or things like that. But in terms of actual, I think it adds a little more attention, a little more stress if, you know, a CI or a clinical instructor has certain expectations and you're here because you just haven't seen or had the experience yet to be able to get to where they want you to be from the jump. So I think it would also lessen that gap of, you know, decrease confidence, decrease, you know, um, increase Im- improvement in your abilities to to do what you got to do in the clinic. So I think there's a, a lot of room for improvement. And uh, Hopefully, as the years go by, you know, this continues to improve and, and get addressed. But I think it was an interesting topic to, to bring up for sure, because there's a lot, a lot of different answers, a lot of things that could be said. I agree. I
1: support all answers as long as it's not people complaining all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and on that note <laughs> peace
1: thank you for tuning in to another episode of the can Mang audio experience make sure to subscribe give us a five-star rating and review and we'll catch you in the next episode